This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. It is, let's see, what day is it today? Wednesday, March 18th, 2020, and Caesar is home. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas, and this is the Luke Thomas Show right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. On the docket, as we always do on Wednesdays, doesn't matter what kind of show you get on Wednesdays, man, we, we make sure, we make sure that you get the mailbag. So we'll do that a little bit later. Uh, and of course, you can always contribute to that, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Um, so that'll be fun. We're going to talk about what USADA's up to because, of course, they're re- reckless and ridiculous, which is nothing new. Uh, and we'll give you some updates on some other news and notes inside the MMA world uh, related to the coronavirus. And as I said before, man, I don't want to do one of these shows where... Uh, it's just nothing about the coronavirus and only the coronavirus. It's not the kind of thing that I'm interested in doing. It's not the kind of thing I think you're interested in hearing from, but it is all-consuming. So the way we want to slice and dice it, I think, we'll get to some fun stuff as we move throughout our, this new format we're working on here. Um, but like again, the ways in which USADA, or sorry, USADA, but the coronavirus, rather, impacts all all the different parts of, frankly, American and you know, uh, worldwide society. How is this going to change the way we live for as long as it lasts? Um, we've got some good news, too, I might share on that front a little bit later. Still, way to get in touch with us, as always, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com and the Twitter account, at MMA on SiriusXM, the Instagram, SiriusXM Fight Nation, those are your places where you can get in touch with us. And of course, as always, the hashtag is TLTS. Okay, let's get this started here. Not a moment to waste on today's show. Let's hear from Travis Tiger. This is the gentleman who is in charge of USADA and, uh, of course, the United States Anti-Doping Agency. And if you guys didn't hear yesterday, they're still going to be doing some testing during this coronavirus outbreak. Now, they've, they've pared it down to what they described as really the most essential stuff as it relates to anyone getting ready for the Olympic Games. Now, what that means in great detail, I do not know, but here's what I do know. They have a separate contract, a private contract with the UFC. So apparently that's all going to continue. Now, are they going to do it in the same volume? I don't know. Are they going to do it uh, as much as they had been before? In terms of all the different kinds of blood, all the different kinds of urinalysis, I don't know. Here is what the guidance was that they put out previously. They did not answer any of my tweets, which of course they don't have to. And they put out a statement which they didn't send to me. I find it very surprising, everybody. This was the guidance that they sent. Ready? A DCO is a doping control officer. In other words, the people that show up to your show or your, uh, your house. Well, in that case, both for me. Here's what they said. Where feasible... Where feasible, DCOs will use personal protective gear, including masks and gloves. DCOs will also have hand sanitizer for use during the processing of a sample. Please keep in mind that many communities have a shortage of these materials and that they are needed by the healthcare system. Where feasible? Well, how feasible is it, guy? Do you have gloves for everyone? Do you not? Do they all have hand sanitizer? Do they not? How feasible are we talking here? We ask that both athletes and DCOs wash their hands before testing occurs. Fine. 
We encourage athletes and DCOs to maintain a six-foot distance during the process. How are you going to take blood there, my guy? Hmm? During this time, no USADA DCO who has any sign of sickness or otherwise meets any of the risk criteria identified by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention will be collecting samples. I mean, everything about that is so messed up, I don't even know what to say. You could be totally pre-symptomatic, have this condition, be driving around in your car, um, interacting with other members of the public, and then showing up at an athlete's door. Uh, but, but because you can't test for it because we don't have any tests, and because you're pre-symptomatic, they'll just let it rock. It's just so outrageous that they're doing this. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. USADA believes in an ideology. I mean, people think it's born of some pragmatic concern for athletes. That's got nothing to do with it. It's not born from pragmatic concern for athletes, even a little bit. What it's born from is an ideology that needs to be upheld because it is considered to have a degree of um, you know, religious exemption when it comes to critique. These things are obviously true, and we're just going to uphold them. Understand, they're in the middle of a global pandemic, and they're still going to show up to your house, and they may or may not have protective equipment, and they may or may not have COVID-19, and they think that this shit is just super cool. But we also have a video from Travis Tiger, so I'm going to play this audio here if I can. I want to make sure you guys can hear it uh, perfectly. I'm going to turn it up just a little bit in your headphones there. Uh, okay, so this is Travis Tiger from a USADA video. Let's hear what he has to say, and I'll stop and start it uh, as needed. Let's, let's, let's hear from the man. Hopefully you know that all of us here at USADA are genuinely here to protect your right to a healthy and fair playing field. When making decisions about our current test... Well, define fair. If two people want to use steroids, shouldn't it be fair that they can compete against one another? But, okay, different story for a different time. ...testing programs, we're being conservative and cautiously rational as we put your health and well-being and that of our own team including our doping control officers, as the highest priority. Well, if it was the highest priority, you wouldn't be doing any of this. So it's not really the highest priority. It's the highest priority in conjunction with the religious compulsion to make sure that this madness continues. So that's not really true now, is it? I also really appreciate talking and hearing from a number of you. Me? Who have expressed your expectations that testing continue as long as it continues to be safe impossible right it's neither of those things i mean it's possible uh, for urine not possible to do blood and it's not safe so is the video over now in line with these interests we're taking steps to ensure the continuation of our essential mission in a safe and healthy way it's no, no you're starting not starting immediately testing done by usada will be focused only upon mission critical testing of those in sports still competing and as needed for those preparing for the Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games. Okay, you already heard that. Since our inception in 2000, our urine and blood collection protocols have always been conducted in a way that ensures the utmost safety and health of our athletes and our DCOs. Well, right up until today, I suppose, huh? We have always anticipated collecting samples from athletes who may be sick or chronic, potentially contagious illnesses. During this time, no USADA DCO who has any sign of sickness or otherwise meets any of the risk criteria identified by the CDC, will be collecting samples on our behalf. Right. In other words, it is very possible that they could still show up and have COVID-19, and you wouldn't know it. 
Can't you just say that outright? I mean, how many people in this world cannot just say the facts for what they are? Is it certainly possible and potentially even likely that someone could have this condition and you not know it, they not know it, the athlete not know it, and you're sending them to the door? Yes or no? And the answer is quite obviously yes. Additionally, our DCOs, where available, will be using personal protective gear, which may include masks and gloves during the process. Right. Or they may not have shit, in which case, you're SOL. Please keep in mind that in many communities, there is a shortage of these supplies <clears throat> that are now in need for the health care systems. With your help, we will also do our best to maintain a six-foot distance between you and the DCO. Yeah, we'll do our best to do that, but we may not, LOL during the process. Additionally, as always, we ask that you wash your hands before the collection and our DCOs, where possible, again, will provide hand sanitizer for you both to use. Or we may have none of it, in which case, LOL. We've been informed that some international federations are continuing to test here in the United States and elsewhere without change to their protocols. We are coordinating with WADA and other national anti-doping organizations to ensure other countries are likewise continuing to ensure elite competition is fair globally and at the upcoming Olympic and Paralympic Games. Okay, there's not going to be an Olympic Games. Okay, I mean, they've not announced that. I'm just telling you, there's no way that's going to happen. And then on top of it, I mean, listen, here, here's the basic gist that you have to understand here. Remember the criticism that I made of, of UFC and all of this? The criticism that I made was... Um, when Dana White was asked about this on SportsCenter, he's like, well, this is what we do, and as long as we're in compliance with the government, we're just going to keep going. As if to say that in the middle of a global pandemic, it's happening to others in the world, just not to us. Others in the world might have a responsibility to not exacerbate these conditions, but we're not really part of that. We're, we're separate from it, which, of course, is not really real, but that's the way they were kind of positioning how they were acting. Tell me how that's materially different, materially different than what Travis Tiger is saying here. We're gonna, you know, we're in compliance with this, but you're not really because there's not really enough safety to know whether or not you are helping to spread infections. And God forbid, if a doping control officer working for USADA doesn't have enough protective gear, or even if he does, and still manages to get a series of athletes sick, and then they get their people sick. Can you imagine that? They're, and they're, they're literally risking that because we don't have enough tests in this country to screen people out to effectively know whether or not they have it. And they're just willing to go forward. The global pandemic is a thing that happens around USADA, but their responsibility to meaningfully contribute to not being spread, they don't, they don't see that they have one. They, they believe they are above and separate from these things. And they're telling you that outright. Where available, we might have things. If they aren't showing pre, and then these other conditions that the CDC listed, but really, they don't really know if somebody has COVID-19. They, they might send them out to the field working, and that could be that. Because the risk factors for who could get it change quickly. They just, they're willing to risk your health for it. For what? For a sports that aren't even going to take place? The least of our concerns, I said, when this will be all be over, will be Khabib versus Tony. Even below that is anti-doping. It's not what we need to worry about right now. It's not, it's not the deal. And they just feel like they're above what everyone else is being asked to do by public health officials.
they don't have to comply because it's not it's not part of what they do. It's just they're just above it all. Also, please remember to continue to file your whereabouts. And yeah, if you're asked by an IF or by us, please provide the test. If you're being tested and are uncomfortable with the location or any other aspect of the test attempt, please contact USADA immediately at the number available so we can in real time help navigate that situation with you. Yeah, uh, this guy's showing up. I don't know. If you, has he been screened for COVID? No. Does he show signs? Yeah, but no, but that doesn't matter because he could still have it. I'm uncomfortable with this, Travis. Thank you for listening, and we will keep you updated as things continue to evolve. Please know that we care and we're here for you. No, you don't. You don't care about athletes. You care about the mission. It's never been about the athletes. It's about upholding the ideology. Whether or not the athletes get screwed in the end is irrelevant to all of you. Stop lying to the public. It's not what you care about. It's never what you've cared about. What you care about is anti-doping now, anti-doping later, anti-doping forever. Whether or not the athletes get screwed in the end is of the buzzing of flies to this organization. The Luke Thomas Show is your one-stop destination for MMA. If you're in a UFC title fight and you get finished in the first round, yo, you lost. Sports. I cheer for loser teams. As well as pop culture and entertainment. No matter what Star Wars comes out, I'll just find a way to like it. No. The Luke Thomas Show, weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. On your home for combat sports. Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 and the Sirius XM app. Now included free for most subscribers. Mel time. Mel time. Oh, Mel here. Have a question about MMA, sports, entertainment, or life in general? If people just came to me for the answers, the world would be a better place. Email Luke at LukeThomasShow at gmail.com and get the answers to all those burning questions during the Luke Thomas Show midweek mailbag. And we're back. Luke Thomas Show. The email, as always, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. And with that in mind, it is time for the weekly TLTS Midweek Mail Bag. This is where you guys get a chance to steer the show. Whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. You want to talk about booze? We can talk about booze. You want to talk about working from home? We can do that. Anything you want to get to, the best and really the only place to get it in, Luke Thomas Show at gmail.com. Now with that in mind, let's get this going here, shall we? Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. All right, this comes to us from Ben. I'll just leave it at that. Yesterday morning, uh, he's, he's in Australia. Yesterday morning, he writes, a 13-year-old girl was trampled in a supermarket in Perth by shoppers scrambling to get toilet paper, and in rural Victoria, some regional towns have had their supermarkets completely emptied by inner-city goers arriving by the busload and taking everything. Unfortunately, things are looking to get worse before they get better, as the government is largely not making any meaningful moves to stop the spread of the virus. I work in Botlo, a store that sells alcohol, and some people are spending thousands of dollars on booze to consume in the event of a shutdown. With that said, I was curious about your stance on paying for a gym membership during a shutdown. My BJJ gym has decided to preemptively shut down for a minimum of two weeks. Uh, and this has brought up a lot of debate about whether membership fees are still applicable. Personally, I don't mind continuing paying fees to support my gym, but obviously there's some issues. Um, okay. 
So the answer is, I don't know. Each gym contract is going to be different, but each gym contract is going to have provisions in there that allow you to break it in the event of some kind of event, right? Um, and those conditions will be specified. Now, there are things that we've talked about before, something called force majeure provisions, where there's an act of God, a flood, a, um, a famine, you know, the whole place came under fire, not just the building, but like the entire town or a, a bombing, a war, or a global pandemic, there might be causes to stop that. I know locally some gyms have had the exact same thing and shut down, and folks just went there and said, hey, I, we should not do this anymore. And the gym owners were like, hey, you should pound sand and pay me. So tr take a look at the contract you signed. Take a look at what the provisions are that allow you to get out of it. And see if a the World Health, Organiza uh, World Health Organization declaring a pandemic fits that. Also, I don't know if Australia has declared a state of emergency, but that will be another condition for some of these that will allow you to get out of them. But, you know, understand the gym is not going to have a contract that's going to be easy to get out of, right? Because they got to get money too. So take a look at it, see what it says, try your hand, and I wish you all the best. Uh, all right, this person is uh, Steve. Steve writes... To clarify, I'm not equating COVID-19 with Zika, oh, here we go, swine flu, bird flu, or SARS, or any other virus. I realize it's more serious than all of those. Okay. I'm not speaking to the world response and whether it's warranted or not. Rather, do you think the current world response is going to be the new normal? Ooh, good question. I'm a little fearful that every couple of years when a new scary-sounding virus pops up, the world's default response is going to be mass cancellation of events and travel restrictions regardless of the disease actual severity. Well, a couple of things here. Um, the Imperial College, which these are you know top 10 research university in the world and some of the world's leading epidemiologists, here's what they did. They actually looked at the death rates in South Korea and China relative to the population and relative to the measures imposed, and they did some modeling. And what they found was, in Iran, I think they counted too. Maybe even Italy, I think they counted all of them. And what they found was, three, they did three different models. What if you did absolutely nothing, treated it like the normal flu, with no, with no pushback at all on society, nothing. What if you did what we're doing now, which is social distancing, the closing of bars and restaurants, right? This kind of sort of uh, private actors doing what they're doing. And then what if you did the suppression method, which is like forced quarantines, you know, hardcore testing, keeping people off the streets, and the answers are not great or comforting, okay? So here's what they found. Um, it's extremely scary. What they found was if you did nothing, if you did absolutely nothing, 80% of Americans would get the disease, 1% uh, of them would die, between 4 to 8% of all Americans over the age of 70 would die, 2.2 million Americans would die from the virus itself. People with severe COVID would need to be put on ventilators. 50% of those ventilators would still die, but the other 50% would live. But in an unmitigated epidemic, the need for ventilators would be 30 times the number available in the U.S., meaning virtually all 100 of them would die. So if you did absolutely nothing, the death toll in a span of three months would be 8 to 15% of all Americans over 70 and 4 million Americans overall. How many is that? Um, that is the population of Los Angeles. It's four times the number of Americans who died in the Civil War on both sides combined. Two-thirds as many people died in the Holocaust. Now, no one's going to do nothing. So let's say you did the social distancing, the isolation stuff. What happens then? 
Uh, not much. It does flatten the curve, so to speak, but not nearly a whole lot. 1.1 uh, million Americans would still die. Um, the peak need for ventilators falls by two-thirds, but still exceeds the number of ventilators by eight times. And that leaves the death toll right around two million. That's the population of Houston. That's two civil wars, one-third of the Holocaust. Globally, 45 million people would die, right? Now, what if you did the suppression method, the one that China imposed? Turns out it works really well. The death rate in the U.S. would peak three weeks from now, uh, and a few thousand deaths then goes down immediately. We don't need to, um, let's see, we wouldn't exceed the number of available ventilators, and the death tolls would completely disappear. Here's the problem. If you relax that in any capacity, you go right back to where you started. So to answer your question, um, the reason why we're undertaking these methods is because as it stands, it's all we have today. My hope is that, one, for coronavirus, they find some kind of antiviral treatment that helps, or two, a vaccine eventually. Now, you're asking about something where we don't have a vaccine. My hope is that, one, these wet markets in China where you have cross-species interacting in ways they ordinarily wouldn't, and so the virus transfers from animal to human, which is I'm reading a book on it now. It's called The Spillover Effect. You would minimize that. Two, I'm hoping that this is a wake-up call to world governments to really buttress their pandemic responsibilities uh, in ways that they haven't before. Now, will they do that? I do not know. But it seems to me pretty clearly this is a once-in-a-century kind of event, seemingly, if the 1918 Spanish flu was anything like this. And so the answer is we're going to inter uh, use these methods probably time to time because they are effective. It's all we really have. But I also feel like if you're better at containment, if you're better at regulating these wet markets, if you're better at doing things up front, it won't get to this position. So I can't tell you that you'll never have to be quarantined again because it's an effective method. What I can say is it's, it's only effective because I think a lot of world governments got caught with their pants down. I think that's the lesson that I take from this. Next. Answer my question! Luke, uh, again, we have Australian, we have a lot of Australian listeners. In my home country, the biggest sport by attendance and interest is Australian rules football, which is a freaking great sport. The sport is a full contact compared to rugby or NFL without protective gear. Bro, they fist fight in that, in that sport. Tonight, the AFL, the dominant league, decided the season, which commences its first game tomorrow night, will proceed behind closed doors, ignoring the precedent of almost every other sports league in Australia. One of the arguments in support of this decision is that the players are no more likely to contact COVID-19 in everyday life than they are playing um, the support. Can you please counter the argument and shed some light on your opinions as sports leagues proceeding with events without spectators? Thanks. Well, Australia has done a much better job of making tests available. I'm sure Tom Hanks, who got sick over there, in part got a test because, hello, he's Tom Hanks. Uh, I think the other part is that uh, Australia has been a little bit more proactive with it. So I think that does change things a little bit. What I would say is I don't believe it's true that everyday life you're as likely to get COVID-19 as you are playing rugby. I mean, think about that. Is, is your life walking around as full contact as that? Uh, or Australian rules football, whatever you want to call it. Like, obviously, that's a ridiculous claim. You're in the showers together. You're sweating together. You might bleed. You're going to come into close contact. There's going to be the exchange of bodily fluids versus walking outside. If people are exercising any remote degree of social distancing, 
I'm not saying that, that that's a foolproof method either. It's not. I just read you the Imperial College's considerations. Instead, it is more effective. None of these are foolproof, but it is significantly more effective. I mean, here's what's going to happen with Australian Football League, right, AFL. Uh, players are going to get it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Co- Cobb can listen to this, but he won't uh, appreciate this. One of the beautiful cities of Spain is Valencia. Ready for this? They tested the team, the trainers, the coaches, and all the front office and uh, all the staff. 35% of the organization has COVID-19. 35%. Right? <laughs> I mean, a shocking number. Um, the idea that that's the kind of numbers you would get if they were just free-floating members in a social distancing situation, I find totally, totally ridiculous. So I don't buy that argument even a little bit. Uh, and by the way, here's a point. Players on these teams are going to get it. They're going to spread it to each other. It's going to be a complete nightmare for the league. And they're going to have to shut it down anyway. So all of these organizations, you're going to you're going to learn today. You're going to learn the hard way, or you're going to learn the easy way. But you're going to learn it one way or the other. Mail, motherfucker. All right, we got time for one more in this segment. Yeah, let's do one from uh, this is from Clifton. Clifton writes, one of the things you hear Dana White say all the time is, "quote We've never had a death or serious injury." Now, after holding the Brasilia event, there's no way to tell what was infected and who they might have infected. So can the UFC honestly make the claim anymore, considering they might have actually killed somebody by putting on this event? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very difficult argument to make and not make at the same time. Um, the answer to me, as far as I can tell, would be sort of. Yes and no. If someone, if we are able to fully determine that someone got this condition from the Brasilia show or had it going into the Brasilia show then gave it to others. But let's say they got it from someone else at the show. Um, and by the way, Brazil has poor... I mean, you, by the way, we don't even talk about this. Brazil is about to get ravaged by this disease. I do mean ravaged. You've got all the conditions there where people don't believe it's that big of a deal. Uh, no one really practicing on any kind of extensive basis, social distancing. And you've got a healthcare system much worse than ours. Oh, good luck. In any event. Um, but let's say you could really trace it where someone got it at the event and then died from it. I suppose then you could make the, con- the argument, but here's what's likely to happen. You're talking about athletes who are in pretty good shape, and everyone in that building is probably on the younger side. So if they got it there and they live, or they give it to someone else, and maybe that person dies, it's just going to be sort of a game of telephone where they'll have enough plausible deniability as an organization to say we are not responsible. So it would have to be a very special case. But the answer is not, you know, uh, whether or not a death happens. Obviously, we hope that never is the case. Or a serious injury, which they've never had a paralysis, and I think that should matter. There are parts to the UFC safety record that are laudatory. I mean, that should not be lost here. The problem is that um, clearly they were willing to just ignore the claim that they put the health and safety of athletes first is simply not true, right? And this is a perfect test case for it. Now, they do a lot of other things that are very helpful. It's not an either-or situation. But when it really mattered and they really had a responsibility to act in, an, in, a, uh, in accordance with public health recommendations that they were screaming at them, um, they didn't. And I think that's the legacy there, to, to be honest with you. I got mail! Yay! This comes to us from Lewis, or Luis, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. 
He says, what are your thoughts on WWE holding closed-door shows at their performance center in Florida? WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year, was moved here and is still scheduled to go on. There will be no fans in attendance. Thank you for being a calm and very cool-headed show during this time. Yeah, man, do I need to tell you what that is? It's completely irresponsible. Again, dude, all of these entities are going to look back on this, and they're going to have culpability in spreading all of this. And again, what happens if someone at that event has this condition? Are they even screening people for it? Are they not? There's just a ton of problems with doing it this way. And even if you can screen, um, there's a, a lag between the screen and when you can get it, and you can be pre-symptomatic and blah, blah, blah. Like, we all know the stories at this point, folks. It's just not responsible. Now, this is no way to live forever. I acknowledge, but it's the way to live for right now until we can get a, a better setup. So, yeah, dude, what they're doing is irresponsible. I mean, but are we really surprised? You know, I, which I, I hate when people say that, but here I am saying it. But I say it in the following way. It was the organization that took money from the Saudi government. <laughs> I mean, are we, you know, these are not pillars of moral judgment. They're businessmen and they're ruthless ones. And that's part of the reason why they're successful, but... These are not people that exactly feel bound by moral parameters in their lives in any kind of way that we recognize as noble. This is not who they are. Answer my question! All right, let's get back to some coronavirus questions. Um, your monologue about this comes to us from Poker Boss. I'm not sure who that is. Your monologue about being careful of coronavirus to protect the old and the weak got me thinking. A, world population is over 7 billion. It took 200,000 years of human history for the world's population to reach 1 billion, only 200 years more to reach 7 billion. It's estimated the world could support at least, or at most, 11 or 12 billion. The baby boomer generation is the largest demographic in the United States. The medical cost of the last year of a person's life typically exceeds the cost of their entire rest of their life combined. I need to see where, the, by the way, I'm reading these things that this person wrote. I've not seen any of this cited with evidence. Just want to be very clear about that. He continues, human consumption of non-renewable resources, oil, gas, and not to mention plastic waste, is at an all-time high and growing. CO2 levels are over 400 ppm. Uh, this is the first time it's ever been known to be this high and growing. By the way, I did hear this, though. A science reporter for the Washington Post was saying that CO2 levels in the atmosphere have dropped over China 25%. Because as an industrialized country, they're just not the ground to a halt. Uh, and the apparently in Venice... The water is clear in the canal for the first time in decades, and they saw dolphins going through the canal in Venice, Italy. Can you believe it? Anyway, by saving these people, are we breaking Darwinism and nature? I know it sounds cold and uncaring and not a popular opinion, but the reality is if everyone over 75 and 80 dropped dead, the world would keep on going no problem. Well, that's a very psychotic way of looking at things, and to say that the worth of them of people past 75 uh, ceases to exist, which is, I don't think you mean it this way, but it's a psychotic worldview. Uh, certainly, in terms of maintaining the health of people over 75 or 80, it exceeds that of people, let's say, 25 to 30. There would be no argument about that. But they have intrinsic worth as human beings, number one. Number two, there obviously are conditions and concerns we should have um, and monitor in terms of sustainability for our lives and this should be a bit of a wake-up call about how a pandemic can make us reassess those things but um the idea that the world can simply chug along without its elderly you I mean you're talking about making a moral calculation that the elderly simply don't have lives 
worth preserving in order to have balance on the the earth. I mean, you sound like Thanos, right? Where you're taking these psychotic views that ultimately are very slippery slope. Like if you're willing to get well the elderly, well, what about the mentally incapacitated? What about prisoners? Um, what about rapists? What about murderers? What about and you begin to have these moral calculations that simply don't hold weight anymore. Rather, I think there's a bit of a different way to look at this, which is, yes, of course, these things cost money and that doesn't come free. Pollution is real and that's going to be a problem. World population will potentially have a breaking point uh, and that will be a problem as well. But I don't think cheering on a global pandemic to, you know, wipe the slate clean, I mean, it's, it's that's Thanos shit, man. You know, finding more creative solutions to problems seems to me Probably a much healthier way to go about this. Ma'am, motherfucker. Uh, this person writes, Ben writes, Luke, thanks for speaking up with so much uh, blah, 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 blah about the coronavirus. Thank you. Given we won't be watching sports for a hot minute, I was hoping you could walk us through an eight-team bracket of respected shows for which I should binge next. Criteria as you see fit. I'll let Cobb do his thing and set up the bracket. Uh, so here, uh, here's the eight shows. Also, keep the Netflix film recommendations flying. Wouldn't have watched Wild Rose without you, and I really enjoy it. That was a great movie. So here's what he's got. Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, The Shield, The Wire, The West Wing, The Sopranos, Justified slash Deadwood, and then Mad Men. Cobb, are you listening? I can see you on the screen here. Are you listening to that? Uh, can you type in any choice you might have for missing? Let me read it one more time. Game of Thrones... Breaking Bad, The Shield, The Wire, The West Wing, The Sopranos, Justified, Mad Men. Sorry, West Wing's got to go. We're talking about, they just say shows. They don't say comedy. They don't say drama. I don't think West Wing is that good. So I say not, I, I can see Cobb on camera here. Game of Thrones, we're on agreement for, yeah? Best shows of all time? Breaking Bad, yeah? The Shield, I'm going to say I'm half on, okay? You too. Cobb says he's half on it too. The Wire, easy call. Wire might be the best show ever made. Uh, the West Wing, thumbs down for me. Thank you. That's off. The Sopranos, I've never seen it, but I know it's very good. I'm no, I'm not hating. Now, Justified slash Deadwood. I don't know about Justified. I heard Deadwood was amazing. Thumbs up or no? And then Mad Men. I don't know how I feel about that. So we've got. Four or five in there we can go through. Cobb, I'm, I'm looking at Cobb now. For folks, you got you can't hear him because we're, we're working on an audio setup for him. Why don't you put together maybe a couple more choices? We still have to do the karate one as well. But we should do this one. We have an eight-show bracket, eight best shows to binge on in self social distancing and, and self-quarantine, all right? I think it's actually a pretty good idea. All right, he's going to work on that for us. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. And we're back. Luke Thomas Show. Appreciate everybody who turned in something for the mailbag. Of course, that's going to be LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. Don't forget our social channels. You know, we'll have news about what's happening on the channel, programming updates, everything, at MMA on SiriusXM and Twitter, and then SiriusXM Fight Nation on Insta. So don't forget about that, all right? Got a lot of stuff coming your way. I know it feels like it's not that case, but trust me, we're going to ramp up here a little bit soon so we're just you know it's gonna take take a little while to get things going but we're gonna we're gonna we got you covered um i don't want everything to be doom and gloom 
all the time, and I don't want everything to be coronavirus news all the time, which it won't be necessarily, but um, here's what I am going to get into. How about some good news today? Would you like to hear some good news? I suspect that couldn't do you any harm. So this comes to us from uh, Japan. I don't know if you guys have heard this. They are developing a drug, uh, China says, that, that it's a, the China is using a Japanese drug from the Fujifilm Toyama Chemical Company that apparently has been very, very good in early clinical trials in treating people with coronavirus. Now, there's a couple of catches to it, but let me read you what the good news is. It has a high degree of safety and is clearly effective in treatment, uh, said Zhang Ming, an official at China's Science and Technology Ministry. Here's what he said. Patients who were given the medicine, by the way, it's called, look at the name here, Favapiravir. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but okay. Patients who were given the medicine in Shenzhen turned negative for the virus after a median of just four days after becoming positive, compared with a median of 11 days for those who were not treated with the drug, public broadcaster NHK said. In addition, x-rays confirmed improvements in lung condition in about 91% of the patients who were treated with favapiravir, compared to 62% of those without the drug. Now, there are some catches here. The drug is not as effective in people with more severe symptoms. Quote, we've given, this is a shorter name for it, Avagon, to 70 uh, to 80 people, but it doesn't seem to work that well when the virus has already multiplied. The same limitations had been identified in studies involving coronavirus patients using a combination of HIV antiretroviral lopinavir and ritanavir. Uh, in 2018, the Japanese government supplied favirapir, wait, favipiravir as an emergency aid to counter Ebola virus outbreak in Guinea. It would need a government approval for a full scale on COVID-19 patients since it was originally intended to treat the flu. A health official said uh, the drug could be approved as early as May, but if the results of the clinical research are delayed, approval could also be delayed. Now, I don't want to give you a false hope, but... They are making some progress. Here is some other progress that you should be aware of. Uh, this is an Italian journalist writing, quote, scientists in Israel likely to announce the development of a coronavirus vaccine. Now, they, of course, have to go through clinical trials, but people are out there trying. Three Maryland coronavirus patients have fully recovered and able to return to everyday life. And a network of Canadian scientists are making excellent progress in COVID-19 research. Like, how long does it last? Uh, if you're immune, are you immune forever? Or just a year, or 10 years, or 12 years, whatever. And China has closed down its last coronavirus hospital. There are not n enough new cases to support them. Right? These, these sort of side hospitals that they were building to deal with the overflow of what they had, they are not... They're not getting enough new cases to fill them all, um, which is great news. Now, of course, we all know if things spike up again, they might have some need for it. I don't know how wise it is to take them all down just yet, but okay, um, be that as it may. So there is some good news out there, and I want to share it with you. We'll do that as often as we can, not to give you false hope, but not to completely deprive you of maybe the broader picture that's out there as well. Still, there is some news to share that's not that great. Um I don't know exactly what it means, um, but let me read you this from Random Marcos. Now, she fought at UFC Brasilia, you might recall. 
here is what she said on Instagram. Um, well, she said her performance was not what it was supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. But she also said this. Uh, I just made it home. This was, uh, I think, yesterday. Yeah, the 17th. Mm-hmm. Just made it home. Stopped by the coronavirus testing center at the airport, I'm presuming. And they wouldn't test me. Long flights with a lot of people not feeling great. And I'm not a risk? Okay, I guess I'll be home for two weeks. I just want to be safe. Things were way different from when I left to when I came back from the fights. News changes every hour. Now, she had to travel from Brasilia to Canada and then took a flight back, which obviously took her a little bit longer to get home. First of all, I hope that, not that she's bluffing per se, but I hope that this is just, you know, the wear and tear of flights themselves. I don't know. Um, I hope that this is not the worst case scenario where she actually is messed up and has coronavirus. I can tell you that today my brother reached out to me and told me he has developed a cough. I said, do you have a fever? He says, no, not yet. But, of course, uh, we don't know if he has coronavirus because he can't get tested. Um, it could also be the case that he just has allergies. It could also be the case that he could get the coronavirus and he just doesn't get a fever. Like, he could have super mild symptoms. Like, I, it, we, we don't really know. We don't really know yet. But suffice to say... Um, Every day that this passes, it's going to hit closer to home. And I hope that this is not the case for you, but the math simply tells me that it will be. You know, two weeks ago, if you had asked me on the show, do I know anybody that's got coronavirus? I'd be like, well, donks in the news. I don't really know them. You mean like in my personal life? No, I don't know anyone in my personal life that has this condition. Uh, and I still can't say, well, actually, that's not true. I have a friend of mine whose wife in Europe got it, got it and I know her personally, so... So yes, I can say that. Mm -hmm. But the lack of adequate testing here in this country is going to camouflage, I think, probably how bad the problem actually is, which I think is giving some people, I don't know, a false sense of security. Uh, I, I don't know. All I can say is, going back to Random Marcos, it was irresponsible for the UFC to put that show on. I hope no one got it. You know, and here, Here's the whole point about this. What if she didn't get it in the in the weeks leading up to the fight? What if she didn't get it? Again, she may not have it at all, but let's assume that she has it for a second. What if she didn't get it in the fight week? What if she didn't get it at the fight, but she got it on the flight home? Now, if she's already developing symptoms, it looks like she probably would have got it beforehand if, in fact, she does have it. But here's the point. What if you got it on the flight home? In my view, UFC is still responsible for that because otherwise you wouldn't be there but for them. Right? The whole point is not it's not it's never just the event. It's everything that happens around the event to make the event possible. That's the idea. And so if you cannot reasonably guarantee safety, you can't be doing this stuff. It's just as simple as that. But I mentioned, you know, we had done the show two weeks ago, whatever it was, you know, I didn't really know anyone that had the coronavirus. And I was thinking to myself, well, there might be some inconveniences, but life will just go on as normal. Well, that, I mean, that's out the window. Life is not going on as normal whatsoever. So now you have to ask yourself, what's next? I don't know. I don't really know what's next. Um, but I'll say this. I hope no one in your family gets it. I hope no one you know gets it. That would be a best case scenario for all of us. 
and there are things you can do to help us get through this. But we started the show talking about what USADA had said, and I had read you during the mailbag, I had read you what the Imperial College had suggested you know, were some likely scenarios. Understand that they think that the virus is going to be around for 18 months to two years. Now, I'm not here to tell you you're going to be trapped indoors for 18 months to two years. In fact, I don't think people can live that way. I think the economic consequences would be so severe, people would just revolt. What I'm trying to tell you is this. People are working on treatments. Societies are working on getting back on their feet. There are places like Hong Kong that have done a pretty good job of that. But this is not going to be over quickly. It's not. It's not going to be over quickly. So do the best you can to live as normal a life as you can. Work on your house projects that you've put off for such a long time. Build, think, be creative. And most importantly, take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones, do the things you're supposed to do with the time that you have, and we'll ride this out together. You can always email the show, LukeThomasShow at gmail.com. At MMA on SiriusXM is the Twitter. At SiriusXM Fight Nation is the Instagram. Take care of yourselves. We'll be back tomorrow. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal. Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at LThomasNews and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.